for a number of years, we have been blessed to have a ministry intern to serve our congregation, and that was put together many years ago by elders and deacons and ministers that came together and prayed and talked about a ways that they can, that we as a church can give back uh, to those that are going into ministry or to those that want to serve uh, young people in the future. And so this morning, I want to introduce to you our ministry intern that will be serving with us uh, starting in a couple of weeks for the rest of the summer. Uh, Selena Johnson, please stand so we can recognize you this morning. And let's give Selena a hand. One thing we love about Selena, she is always happy. She is always smiling. And uh, so we hope by the end of the summer that she is still smiling. But we know that she's going to be a great example uh, in her relationship with God to all of our young people and families. And so uh, we're excited about that. Dear Mother, I'm going to make you dinner for you on Mother's Day, and it's going to be a surprise. P.S. I hope you like pizza and popcorn. Another child said, I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle better, better than the snake that I got you last year. I wish you a happy Mother's Day today. It would be better if it, weren't, if it were on Monday so we wouldn't have to go to school, one child said. I like this one. I hope you like the flowers that I got you for Mother's Day. I picked them yesterday when Mr. Smith wasn't looking and how about this one? Dear Mother, here are two aspirins. Have a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Moms, you may need that today with the weather the way it is. Well, as we approach a day like today, being Mother's Day, I'm always mindful on any of our holidays like this that today is not necessarily a good day for some of our moms. I visited with a mom this week, and she said, Patrick, I don't know how to tell you this other than to say, I can't wait for Sunday, for Mother's Day to come and go. And you see, that mother shared that with me because eight weeks ago, she buried her oldest son. But she said, but I can tell you this, I will be in church on Sunday because the only thing that will get me through that is my faith in God. And so this morning is hard for a lot of moms. This morning is hard for a lot of children across our country. Our daughter Bailey, who attends ACU, well, a very good friend of hers, lost her mother nine years ago. Bailey and I were talking last night just to think that this child, who is now 19 years old, only got to spend half of her life with her mom. And Bailey was texting back and forth with her last night, just letting her know that she's praying for her and just wishing her the best today for her and her little sister. And so my mind can't help but go back to think about those that are, that are hurting today. And I guess that's what I love most about the God that we serve. Because the God that we serve is the God of all comfort. He is a God that understands exactly where you are. 
And so this morning, moms, if you're here and you're suffering a loss in your family, I know that takes you back with memories. Others are here this morning, and as you saw on the screen just a moment ago, your life is a roller coaster. But I can tell you this, the life and the example that you live before your children, and if you're a grandparent, your grandchildren, is priceless of the godly example that you can set. I invite you this morning to turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. As you can tell, I don't have much of a voice this morning. One of my friends told me Thursday night at a baseball game, he said, how are you going to preach on Sunday? I said, you know, I really don't know. And I really don't appreciate that you're even bringing this up to me, knowing that it's four days away, and I've got a word from God to say to the people. And he said, well, and this is a retired preacher, by the way. He said, let me give you some advice. Just get up and do your sermon in sign language. I said, brother, do you know how short a sermon that would be? It would me be getting up and saying bye-bye because that is all the sign language I know. And he said, and your church might shout amen. amen. <laughs> However, boy, I really set myself up for that one, didn't I? I do have a little voice, and so I am going to attempt to speak this morning from the Word of God. Psalm 78, I want you to hear these words from the psalmist. And as before I read it, I want you to understand this. This is not just your typical Mother's Day sermon. One of the things we've been going through as a church, if you're visiting with us, we are going back in Scripture and we're looking at the spiritual disciplines that God expects his children to have as a part of their life. And so I'm trying to tie today in with those disciplines. And you really, you can't beat the discipline of always being in the Word of God because when you're in the Word of God, that is the only way that you're going to be able to pass your faith down from generation to generation. So moms, dads, grandparents, the whole church, this message speaks to all of us. And I don't know if you realize it, but every time you open up the Word of God, isn't it amazing how timely God's Word always is? And I believe that that is especially the case as we look at this psalm, Psalm 78. Let's read this psalm, and then uh, we'll start from there. It's not on there? Okay. Psalm 78. Oh, my people... Hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. He says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from old. What we've heard and known and what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, the power and the wonders that he has done. He has decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. And then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God 
and whose spirits were not faithful to him. Psalm 78, in a nutshell, is a teaching psalm. It is a hymn for the home. That is, this psalm reminds us to teach our children to teach the next generation. And so the responsibility of each parent and grandparent is that our kids and grandchildren know the Word of God and not just know it, not just have a head knowledge of it, but that they have it right here in their heart. You see, you see what the psalmist says there in verse 8? This is the negative connotation of it. They would not be like their forefathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God. In our teaching, in our living, what we want to strive to do every day of life is to live and to model what God has done, what God is doing right now. And so our prayer is when our kids, when our grandkids hear the message from the Word of God, their hearts will be loyal to who, church? To the one who created us. This psalm reminds us that if we don't make this a priority, we fail. And we even have this in our mind where we might even lose a generation of faith. That is a scary thing to realize. That we have that awesome responsibility. And I think the first thing this psalmist teaches us is simply this. We need to teach our children how great God is. You know, we talk today about a lot of great things. We talk today about a lot of amazing things. When's the last time where you've just stopped and you've told stories of God? You've told stories of how great and wonderful he is. That's what the psalmist says here. You talk about God. You talk about his divine power and the wonders of his deeds. Our children need to know that God is for them. Amen? Our children need to know that God is that divine power and that power he also gives to those that he loves the most. In verse 1, the psalmist asks for our attention. He says, give ear, O my people, Give ear to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Modern terminology today shouts this. Don't touch that dial. Pay attention. Listen, because this is important stuff that you need to hear for your life. So it can soak into your hearts, and it can go into the hearts of those that hear it. I love how he goes back and he quotes uh, a verse from Matthew chapter 13, verse 35, where it says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Remember parables? They're sayings that deliver much in a few chosen words. And such sayings require contemplation and a heart that's willing to be challenged by God. And so the purpose of this psalm is simply this, to clarify the riddle of the past so that it becomes a lesson for the present, which is right now, and for the future. 
So we go back and we tell the stories of old. I'm amazed today at the number of people that will say, we didn't even know that story was in the Bible. We'd never heard that story. And for a lot of us, we grew up with this, but we never got it. Or maybe we have forgotten. That's why it's so important for us to never take for granted the reading of God's Word. That's why it's important for us to never assume that the readers know what you're going to say. As I was going through ACU, I remember a preaching professor one, Sunday, one, one day in class said this, and it's always stuck with me. He said, never assume that your audience will know what you're going to speak from with the Word of God. That's why in a lot of our churches, I don't know if you realize this, the reading of God's Word has ceased Preaching has become more stories. Preaching has become more tickle my ears and make me feel good. And church, I want to tell you something. There, there is never an excuse for not teaching the Word of God. There is never an excuse for not reading the Word of God aloud to the church. There is never an excuse. My voice is coming back. To never teach the Word of God to our children. You realize Sunday school or Sunday Bible class, that is something that is fairly new through the years, okay? But do you realize that Sunday school was never invented or created to be the primary place for children to learn the Word of God? Now, when your children are in Bible class, do you expect them to learn God's Word? Yes, absolutely, but it has never been intended for it to be the primary source. The primary source for children to learn the Word of God has always been and will always be the home, the family. There's never an excuse for a mom and a dad not to sit down and teach the Word of God to their kids. Ever. 23 years ago, Carrie Ann and I, I was 19 years old when I became the youth minister at the Haskell Church of Christ. And I will never forget, we had a bus ministry there. And every Sunday, we would watch little children get off that bus and they would come and sit in our pews. And they would sit with adopted moms and adopted dads and adopted grandparents. And with the little kids, they had crayon sheets and they had crayons and they did all that they could do to keep them and to keep their attention focused during church. I remember one Sunday I rode the bus with the driver. He needed some help. And this little child got on the bus at five years old. And I mean, he was dressed to a T. He had on his little suit. He had on the nicest that you can imagine. And I said, man, man, you look so nice this morning and so sharp. And he said, Patrick, I woke up this morning on my own 
I ate breakfast on my own. I got dressed by myself, had his little Bible that he was holding when we picked him up at his doorstep. He didn't have a mom and dad that made a priority to teach them the Word of God. See, we take that for granted, don't we? But what we had in that church is the same thing that we have right here. We have people who love God. We have people who have said all of their life, I'm going to make it a priority not just to have the Word of God hidden in my heart, but I'm going to make it a priority to pass that on to the next generation. The time that I spent in that church shaped and molded my heart to realize the importance of never taking for granted what you have with your faith, but to always strive to be that example and to pass that on to somebody else. And so the psalmist here says, teach our children the greatness of God. And he goes on there in verse 5 and 6, and he says, take advantage of right now. Take advantage of of the present. And if, as you read verse 5 and 6, you can't help but realize what comes off the page, the multi-generational aspect that's in these verses. Forefathers and their children and the children yet to be born and their children. And so the psalmist here is talking about four generations. I don't know if you realize it or not, but in our church alone, we have at least four generations. Praise God for that. But with that comes the challenge. And here's the challenge. Those in our older generation may not always like and may not always agree with what the younger generation may seek or may tune into with God. And so do you see the balance that our shepherds in this church have to pray about every day as they lead us and guide us in our relationship with God? They always have to take in mind at least four generations that cover the church. And while I'm thankful for that, here's the challenge that we face, church, and I want you to hear me. As we grow in our faith, we've got to love each other. And as we grow in our faith, we've got to be patient with one another. As we grow in our faith, we've got to respect one another. Older generation needs to respect the younger generation. Middle generations need to respect where they are in their faith. Because here's the bottom line. From the youngest in our church to the oldest... So I'm going to say from the cradle almost to the grave, I didn't say yet, here's my prayer, that all can give God the glory and the praise and the honor that only he deserves. Because church, listen to me, it is not about us. Let me say it again. It is not about us. 
It is about all we can do to teach others. It's all we can do to pass faith on from one generation to the next generation to the next generation and those that are yet to be born. That's a challenge. And I'm begging you this morning to pray for your shepherds of this church who love God and who love this church with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But that is always on their mind. And it's hard. It's tough. I see it. But you know what makes it easier? When those in the church can just love each other a little more, just like Jesus loved us. And always be willing, try this on, to give another generation maybe the benefit of the doubt that even though I may not praise God that way, we need to praise God that they're here praising God and not somewhere else. More to be said about that at another time. But take advantage of the present. Verse 7, teach our children to trust and obey God. You know, if you go back in Scripture, one of the things that we see is a lot of times, especially in the Old Testament, you saw this. You would see the stories relay of how Israel forgot about God's works and how it resulted in their failures. And so the question is, how in the world could they forget? How could they forget all that God was doing for them? The parting of the Red Sea, the providing of the manna, the water from the rock, the tower of fire by night and the cloud by day. How could they forget such a great deliverance? But when I pose that question, I can't help but put it back on myself. We forget God's deliverance just like they did. And church, listen, when we forget the deliverance of God, we have really, really messed up. And here's why. Only when God delivers us can we be the people of right now. Did you hear that? Because God delivered and continues to deliver us, that is the only way that we can continue to be his children and his church. So do you remember what they did in the Old Testament? As a memory help, after God parted the Jordan for Israel to pass through, it was Joshua who set up stones to commemorate God's mighty acts so that future generations would remember God. Boy, I get tears in my eyes every time I think about that. Here are these stones, he says. And these stones are vivid reminders of God. They're vivid reminders of what God has do, is doing through you, his people. And so this morning, I ask us, what are we doing to commemorate God's mighty works in our lives? Because the coming generation will forget the works of God if they are not repeatedly 
reminded of them. Keep that up there for just a moment. What are you doing? What are you doing in your family? What are you doing individually? Are you praying? It's not that we as a church want you to pray. God wants you to pray. It's not that we as a church want you to read and dwell in the Word. God wants you to dwell in the Word. But what are you doing individually and with your family to commemorate what God is doing in our life? Because the coming generation will forget if they are not repeatedly reminded of them. A couple of months before my great-grandmother passed away, my dad told his grandmother, we called her Mama, said, I want sometime today, I want you and I to go to the back bedroom and I want to record you and I want to interview you about your life. And so they spent well over an hour talking about the long and faithful and rich life that she lived. And one of the last things that my dad asked her, he said, Mama, what advice would you give to your family? And here's what she said. She said to my grandchildren and to my great-grandchildren and those yet to be born, she said, I want you to tell them I kept the faith. Wow. Those are some powerful words. Because I remember as a little boy watching her faith and watching her life. And now to look back on that at my age and to, to read that interview and to see that story, I can see her in my mind as she says those words. Tell them I kept the faith. The greatest thing that we can do, listen to me church, the greatest thing we can do is keep the faith. And pass that on to the next generation, even those yet to be born. We have a story to tell. It's a story that never grows old. And it's a story of redemption. It's a story of deliverance. And last time I checked, we stand in need of those two things every day. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for your powerful word and the way that it comes down and touches our life. And Father, this morning, I pray not just for our mothers, but I pray for the family units that we have in this church. Father, we are blessed to have multi-generations that are living their faith out with you and with each other. May we never take it for granted, Father, but may we always find those opportunities to live out our faith right now and to pass it on to somebody else. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for delivering us and setting us free from our sins. 
And it's to Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.